Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So guys, I'm so excited because today I'm sharing our very first ever bonus episode. You may know this, but I've been on maternity leave for the last three months, and I wanted to take a minute to catch all up on how me and Carl and the girls are doing and how we've been doing before we officially dive in for season 11. In this conversation, Carl and I are going to share what it's been like these last few months to navigate this massive transition of becoming new parents and new parents to our newborn twin girls, Annie and Quinn. I have to tell you guys, I'm so glad we found the time to sit down and record this episode. It was so nice to have a moment together to pause and to reflect. This has been the craziest few months of our lives. Really, really, really hard and really, really, really beautiful all at the same time. And I wanted to make sure to stop and reflect and mark this season before things shift and change. I also wanted to make sure to share all this with you guys for anyone else who's a new mom or is going through any other huge transition right now, just like I am. My girlfriends have been constantly reminding me that I'm not alone in this, and that reminder has been so helpful, and that's the reminder I wanted to pass on to you today. So just a heads up, this is a bit of a messy episode, but you know what? I'm pretty messy right now. I am still very much in the thick of it here, but I have a feeling I'm not the only one. So if we're going through something crazy and hard and wonderful and wild, I'm so glad that we at least get to do it together. So you ready? Here's a life update on our new little family of four. All right. Carl, hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Uh, I feel like before we dive in, you should describe the scene right now. Like Yo, where, that's where perfect. We, where we are. Because this, yeah. this really um, says a lot. We are currently sitting across from each other on the tiniest card table that has been my desk for the past, I don't know, six weeks or something uh, in our room. But we are not—well, we're in our room, but we're in our closet, more specifically. Yeah. Sitting across from each other. And this is the podcast studio for today. <laughs> uh, We—the tiny card table, we've had—we'll talk about this in a minute, but we've had family in town for the last 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, Which means that our office slash guest room has been a guest room. And so, yeah, you needed a place to work where—and, you know, people are hustling and bustling around the house. Babies are crying, things like that. And so, yeah, we bought you this, like, $45 card table yes. from Amazon and have had it in our bedroom, and that's been your office. But, yeah, so that's—we'll yeah. take a picture so you guys can see it. <laughs> it is a sight. Um, here's my other question is, when was the last time you showered, and when was the last time you put on real pants? Oh, when's the last time we went to the doctor? <laughs> That's the last time I put on real pants, I think. Yeah. Um, when we had to go see somebody. Yeah. Anytime we go to the pediatrician, that's our biggest outing these days. Yeah. The best answer that I can give for the last time I've showered is that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> so it's long enough ago that I can't tell you exactly when it was. Yeah. I think I'm probably in the same boat. Did you shower yesterday? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But that's the thing is I, I don't, don't remember. know for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, also, days just blend together. So yeah. what yesterday could also just as easily be last week. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. So, uh, hey guys, <laughs> really, really glad to be hanging out with you right now. Really, I am really glad. I'm really glad that we get to have this time. Shout out to my sister and my brother-in-law who have the babies right now and are rocking them to sleep so that we can have this hour sitting in our closet to talk and process. And process, I think, is sort of the, the key word there because we have just been walking through the craziest 10 weeks of our entire lives. And we've been doing it together, but we haven't really had to tell the story of like what we've been going through out loud yet. And so this may be a little messy, but I think that there's something really good about that. And that really is what inspired this episode. I was going on a walk with my little sister and um, we had just My parents had just left, which again, we'll talk about how everyone came to be staying at our house, but my parents had just left and we had just taken a picture. My mom, my sister, our little girls and I all wearing our, my favorite night is girls night sweatshirt. And we did that because my mom had been wearing hers. Kelly, my sister had been wearing hers. I'd been wearing mine. And my dear friend Chantel had made onesies for the babies that say girls night on it. And we knew like, we just need to take a picture of this. And so in order to get ready for the picture, speaking of like not showering or not wearing real pants, I actually put on makeup and I curled the front three pieces of my hair. (laughs) The back of my hair, like was not curled at all, uh, but just the front three pieces. And like, we managed to sort of pull together a cute photo. And so I'm talking to my sister about it and about what a crazy, like messy season of life this is. And she said, are you going to tell people about this? Like, are you going to tell people what this has looked like for you? And she's like, because for me, if I were in the same season or as I'm going into, you know, a season of having a new baby, a new baby, if I saw a photo of you with the front three pieces of your hair <laughs> curled, I wouldn't know uh-huh. that it was just the front three pieces and I might feel alone or like I'm not doing right. enough or something like that. And so really this is, we just wanted to sit down and, and catch you guys up on how we've been doing. Cause I know mm. we've been gone for, been kind of radio silent for a long time. Um, but also because, you know, my sister reminded me that there's a lot of value in showing people that only the front three pieces of your hair are curled <laughs> and what your hair looks like the rest of the time. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of the heart of this episode. And when I posted that photo, I asked you guys um, on Instagram and just said, hey, like, what questions do you guys have for us? If Carl and I were to sit down and, and talk for a while, what would you want to hear from us? And so you guys sent in the most amazing questions that are going to be so good for us to answer yeah. together. And I have a list in front of me. So Carl, are you ready? I am. And I think that the disclaimer that I want to give without, I have zero knowledge of what these questions are, but the disclaimer that I would give is that I think that still, you know, we're in a unique season of life in a unique time where we are parents for the first time with two and a half month old kids. We're parents of twins. We're parents of girls. All those things are kind of unique to to our situation and, and maybe different. But also as I sit and I and I have thought in the moments that I have to think and and be retrospective about how we got here and what this has looked like, in the same way that we're not pretending to be parenting experts. And we're also, we don't very often, I think, pretend to be marriage experts. We only can speak from our experience and and what we've learned and mistakes that we've made and ways that people have kind of turned us on to an idea or a thought or a way of doing something that has happened to work. Also that this is just another 
time in life that is about change and is about disruption and is about newness. And so my hope is that while we're talking about being parents for the first time and and there'll be things about being married that also we all have times and seasons of life that are about disruption and are about change and are about learning to adjust to a new picture of what life looks like. And so my hope is that there would be also takeaways for people who aren't married or who don't have kids beyond you know, that are applicable now in whatever your your season is, whatever your time is, whatever your life looks like um, today. I love that. I'm really glad you said that. Okay, so I'm going to dive in. I feel like some of our answers will be shorter. Some of them will be longer. If you guys have heard episodes with Carl and I before, we struggle with the shorter, but we're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just kind of a, a like intro question. A really wonderful Girls' Night listener asked, most importantly, how are you guys doing and how are the girls? Girls are great. The girls are getting bigger and they're doing really well. You want all of the things um, for them. You want them to be, you know, perfectly taken care of and never make a peep and and not cry and and put, you know, bumpers around everything um, metaphorically, physically, you know, when they get to the point where they can toddle around and, and crawl and stuff like that. But even just metaphorically put bumpers on things so that they don't feel not even just pain, but like discomfort. You just want to do everything you can to to settle them would be the, the I think, parenting phrase. And that's just not possible all the time. We're human and they're human and you try and like find the right, the right formula or the right technique or the right, you know, trick or wives tale or whatever. And it's just that they're humans. And in the same way that you are like learn to build a relationship with other humans, you have to learn to build a relationship with these new humans. And they're learning to build a relationship with you and the world and themselves. And and so relationship building is hard and it's tricky and it's messy and it doesn't follow a formula. And so we're good and they're good, but we're very much in the middle of a process of, of very, you know, distilled, concentrated relationship building yeah. right now. And that is hard. There's also the physical side of things where just like, we're tired. <laughs> we're, really tired. <laughs> we're naturally tired because it's a lot of work and it's a new type of work, yeah. right? It's it's more than just taking care of you or taking care of somebody else who is has some awareness of the world or themselves or anything like they don't. All they have is you. And so it's a different type of of work. And that's tiring. <laughs> it's to give some like specifics to what you're talking about, about like building relationships and getting yeah. to know each other and stuff. Like we are trying to figure out how to teach the girls to sleep. Yep. And there are, of course, just like with anything, a bazillion different opinions on how to do that and how to like teach them to like soothe themselves a little bit without like making them feel abandoned or like how to take care of their needs while also like knowing that they can, like them crying isn't a terrible, you know, sometimes babies just cry. It doesn't mean that they're like, you know, falling apart or something, but it feels like they're falling apart. We're falling apart. You know, I don't know. It's so we're just trying to figure out things like how to teach them to sleep and how to feed them and how to take care of their needs and, and how to respond to their needs. And, and it's harder than 
like they have one one word. Like they're only able to cry. They're not able to say, hello, I'm hungry or like <laughs> my diaper's wet and it's uncomfortable or just I'm just in a bad mood right now. Like yeah. they're not able to really specify. And so we're just guessing. And um, what we've learned is that we are both, Carl and I are both firstborn kids. Mm-hmm. We're both, I would say like decently type A yeah. We both, it, de- it depends on the thing. Sometimes we're laid back. Sometimes we're super type A about something. And we both are like planners and strategizers. And so that's been one thing where we're like, we're reading all the books. We're following all the things. We followed step A through Z. And like, they're still crying. What in the world is happening? So that's just kind of like a little bit more specific of a picture of what that looks like. Yeah. Um, but the girls are healthy and we're, yes. we're healthy and we're hanging in there and... I think today we're, today we're okay. Yes. We've had some like sweet moments today. We've been a little frustrated today. Today we're medium. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that's life, I think. So let's, I want to back up a little bit because um, someone asked about our, my pregnancy Mm -hmm. and we never really talked about that. Um, And so before we talk about like what life has been like with the girls and what the last, you know, two months has looked like. One of our listeners said, how was your pregnancy? I've heard you talk about the journey to get pregnant, which if anyone's wondering, that's in another episode. We'll link to it in the show notes. We went through a long infertility journey, um, IVF, things like that. And so um, we talk about it in a different episode. But she says, I didn't hear much about your actual pregnancy. Did you have any struggles or complications? I think that, so um, a twin pregnancy is naturally high risk Mm -hmm. and more complicated. And so we went to the doctor a lot, which was weird in the middle of, as you know, if someone's listening to this way later, right now we're in the middle of COVID where there's a global pandemic going on around us. And it was beginning (laughs) as we were getting pregnant. In case Um, you just got here from the moon. From the moon. That's well, like you're listening a couple of years from now or something like that. Hopefully it's, hopefully things are a lot easier (laughs) there in the future. Um, But uh, so yeah, we went to the doctor a lot and had lots and lots of checkups, lots of ultrasounds Mm. um, just to make sure everything was looking good. There are a lot of things that can go wrong with twin pregnancies. And um, one of the things that they were worried about the most was premature labor. And so was it after 24 or 28 weeks? Uh, I think 24. Yeah, I think you might. I think you're right. Yeah. So around 24 weeks, my doctor didn't put me on bed rest, but put me on like rest rest. It was like like kind of house arrest, sort of. Yeah. Um, No long... Walks, no excessive physical activity, like, like very little. If you act- would had a job where you were going into an office, you wouldn't go into the office anymore. Ideally, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was. I like walked. We walked like a quarter of a mile to the bakery near our house, and he was like, "Yeah, that's too far." Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. And so that, and and also, I was instructed to really step back from work because. Yeah. Because any stress, physical or emotional or mental or anything, can like trigger labor, labor, and that's what they are really worried about with twins is right. is them coming super early, and so I just had to kind of keep busy and sit on the couch and grow these babies. And yeah. um, other than other than that, it really we didn't have any crazy complications. They made it to their due date. Their their due date was technically December 12th, but we had 
a scheduled C-section at yeah. 37 weeks because that's full-term for Which twins. Which is pretty standard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they made it to their scheduled C-section day. It was November 20th. And they really, I, I mean, I felt really pretty sick in the first trimester. Yes. And then tired and big and very swollen at the very end. Yeah. And can you like... Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of it was pretty normal pregnancy things, just kind of dialed up a little bit. And it's I, I one of the things that I'm now, after having done this, cautious about is things like normal, pre- like saying things like normal pregnancy or normal, you know, because every situation is different. And so we really get into it's it's such an easy area to compare and contrast experiences. And I don't think that that's always healthy or or profitable for anyone. And so but there was nothing out of that anyone said was out of the ordinary for us other than the fact that there were two babies in there. Yeah. And so it's just kind of everything turned up a little bit with discomfort and, and the way that your body changes and, and what you kind of experience through those eight and a half months, yeah. nine months. But yeah. overall, like they were, our doctor was really, really happy with how like long I was able to stay pregnant, how mm-hmm. big the girls were. They were six oof. pounds. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right at six pounds and like a yeah, which is great for twins. We were really happy about that. So. Yeah, and they were they were healthy. They didn't have to spend any time in the NICU. Right. It was like really for the fact that getting pregnant was really hard. It was totally best case scenario. Yeah. So being pregnant with twins wasn't easy necessarily, but it wasn't um, anything crazy. We were just like really. really yeah, it was. It was. Blessed. I would say that it was fairly uneventful, which is really what you hope for. Yeah, yeah. So uh, someone asked, "I'd love to hear your birth story." Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> we could either talk about it really quickly or we could talk about it forever. But, I mean, really, the, the long and short of it is we had a, ske- a scheduled C-section. Right. And, I mean, it went according to plan. Our nurses were amazing. Everyone was so kind to us. Yeah, we've never done it any other way, so we can only speak from our own experience. It, compared to, like, the movie version where you're, like, sitting and waiting for, like, someone's water to break or and then you got your bag ready and you, like, rush to the hospital and, you know, we ours was very much on schedule. And so we just said, okay, we, we wake up this day and go to the hospital and, and this is what time it is. And you kind of just know all the, you know, and it followed that. And so we, we went in and check every, like they do standard check and, and get you into the hospital and get you all ready for it, it's surgery. So they get you ready for surgery and they, you go back there. Steph went back about 20 minutes before they let me come back. And I came in and it was already kind of underway and about 10 minutes later you hear this little cry come out and everything is different it was so the whole thing was so surreal like it really was just this normal day like I got up and took a shower like I curled my hair because I was like I don't know what else I need to do like what else I have to do I'm going out today yeah (laughs) I'm leaving the house uh and yeah they we just kind of hung out and I was pretty uncomfortable by the end. I was really itchy. Like yeah, the last yeah. like week or so, my belly was really itchy. And so I just was like, that was- Out the, of room, yeah. Yeah, just my skin just was over it. But yeah, and then they had me go in without you, which I didn't know that was going to happen. And um, some really nice guy like held my arms while some other really nice guy put a needle in my back. Yep. I didn't get to see any of it, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was so surreal. It was, I don't know, it was like, nothing like I'd pictured, but I didn't know what to picture. Right. And I think I didn't really understand, like, it just was a lot to grasp onto 
all at this, like, I just didn't know how I was going to feel. Right. And I think I felt like more subdued or more like, like even than I expected just because I think it was too much to fully grasp like the gravity of what was happening. And I don't think I really got it. I don't, I still don't know if I've really gotten it. Like it's still all kind of settling in little by little. But um, when that first little cry, when Annie came out, I just was like, oh my gosh. Like it just was like, this is what's happening right now. And my eyes filled with tears and you got to see her. Yeah. And yeah, it's wild. It's so funny, the anticipation, partially because, you know, we would go in and do ultrasounds almost every, like every two weeks at the end. And and so we're constantly seeing these little people in these little black, grainy black and white, you know, photos and, and stuff like that. And you just start like, what are you going to look like? And what are you going to be like? And, and I think this is kind of how you look, but you don't know. And then they come out and you see them and it becomes, you know, it's real on some level before then, but then you hear that cry and see them and it just is real in a way that very few things I think in life are ever so soberingly real. Like it just is one of those times where you are immediately confronted with not only something can you not really adequately prepare for, but something that so immediately actually changes you. Hmm. And that's one of the things we talked about is how even like, I don't know very many other things, like if anything that, that you can, you know, you, you, these changes in your life, these, these transitions of, you know, when you go to school for the first time or when you leave home and you go move out on your own or you go to college or whatever, those are you're the same you in the same circumstances. Your relationships are the same. You're just changing the scenery, right? That It's just the setting that changes, really. And the changes that happen in you are gradual and, and over time or as a result of that scenery change. Then the other big one is, is you know, getting married or, or something like that. But even then, like you can go back to a time before that, you know, you can go if you go to a college, go away to a college and you don't like it, you could go back home to the thing that you knew and you can reset your scenery to what it was before you. Heaven forbid you you get into a, a marriage and it doesn't work or it's not, you know, healthy or whatever. You can get out of that thing and go back and reset your scenery and reset to a certain degree your life. And of course, you're going to be impacted by that that time, but you can, you can try and piece back together, you know, a world where you're still you and, and things are like, it didn't happen. And I think that having a kid and and seeing that kid, you can never not be that kid's parent anymore. Like you can unbe someone's spouse. Yeah. You can't unbe someone's parent. They're, you're the, they're the only, you're the only, like they have your DNA. Nothing else is that, you know, is intimate on that level where they share that part of what makes them them is what makes you you. And that's such a weird, again, like I probably use the word sobering a lot um, as we talk about this, but it just really is. It puts your reality into a perspective that not maybe anything else I've experienced has the ability to do. I love, I really love hearing you talk about this because I think that my experience was different. Yeah. Because so, and this is, I feel super vulnerable talking about this because I feel like this is 
something that like women don't say very often, but I have, if, if I feel this way, like other people have to. And so just, I don't know, be kind to me. Cause this is, this is a new, I've been a mom for like nine and a half weeks. Okay. So I'm like really new at this. I'm very, I'm, I'm tender. Yeah. I think I thought, and not all my friends felt this way, but I had some friends who like their baby was born. They made eye contact with this little, this little being and they felt like a different person. Mm-hmm. And they all of a sudden were like flooded with, I think I need to double check and be like, did this really happen? Or did I kind of embellish this in my head? They were filled with like maternal instinct and like knew what to do and mm-hmm. were filled with this like love for this little baby that was so like crushing that they could like lift a car. Right. I, that didn't happen to me. Yeah. And it was weird to me how I saw them and it was like, I didn't recognize them right away. Yeah. I'd never seen them before. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> but you. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Like they Stranger. were, they were yeah. a new, a, there was a new face I'd never seen before. Yeah. And I didn't really expect that. Um, and part of it was, you know, we, we've talked about this together a lot was that, you know, because I had them during COVID, I was wearing a mask during the surgery, which yeah. made me wear a mask during every surgery. I don't yeah. know if I've ever had my stomach cut open before. <laughs> um, but uh, so I was wearing a mask. And so when you put Annie, so Annie was the first one born. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, when you put Annie on my chest and then held Quinn up, and like when they were on my chest at different points, I had my mask on. And so I couldn't see their, and I was flat back. And yeah. so I couldn't actually see their faces right. very well. Right. And so like, I looked down and all I could see was my mask and like sort of my chest, but like, I, I couldn't really see them yeah. for a while. Um, and so the whole, and I just was just had surgery and like it, the whole thing was weird. Yeah. And I was still like, anesthesia. I had some anesthesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, I mean, I wasn't under, but like, yeah, I still had right. like, you know, tons of drugs in my body. And so it, I think I expected to feel all of a sudden like a mom and to like have this like crushing like wave of love flat, like, you know, crash over me. And really, I just still felt like me, right. but I just had surgery and now there's a baby on my chest. Yeah. Like, which, yeah. And that was so crazy to me, like that I didn't automatically feel like a new person. Right. And that's really been the story of the last, you know, 10 weeks or so is little by little, I am growing and changing and getting to know them. And yes. like, I love them more every minute than I did the minute before, yep. but I didn't have that like crushing all of a sudden Immediate I'm a mom. download yeah. of momness. Yeah, there was no download. Well, and, yeah. And, but, and so maybe that's like an urban myth. Maybe I'm misunderstanding my friends' stories or maybe they, some women have that and some women don't, but I, it's, it was weird. It was more weird to me yeah. that it's still taking me some time to go this tiny sweet baby has my DNA. Mm -hmm. Like I still don't totally get it. Um, And I think it's because it's just a really big thing. And I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's where I think the part of relationship comes into it and seeing that, that there's different levels or varying levels of like the immediacy of, of any situational change, right? Some people experience things and, and takes time to, to process and unpack and you need the retrospective to be able to appreciate, you know, what it is. There's also the piece of like, okay, that as an experience has a certain level of impact, but then there's the like, now it's a person who lives in your world and is both, you know, fundamentally tied to that experience, but also all these tiny experiences that are happening after that. And so that's one step of this whole thing. 
the rest of it is still like, and will continue indefinitely into the future of more and more discovering who each other is of, of who, how our dynamic changes because of them, how, who they are begins to be expressed and evolve and change. And how even the fact that two of them always have this shared experience with each other, how that will start to, they, they're totally oblivious to each other right now. <laughs> like they don't know really that the other exists or care. Like, and put them right next to each other and they'll be like kind of smacking each other or yeah. like the, their arms will touch or their yeah. whatever. But they like, they're just. Well, like it makes sense. Like they're, they're curious and they're invest, they're beginning to investigate, but like they don't know enough to like come to conclusions. Well, so, they, like, they barely, they're just discovering their own hands. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, Someone hands else's hands. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But I think that all of that is, is that there's the experience piece of it that as an event in life has a certain impact to varying degrees, right? But then there's also the human piece of that, the interrelational piece that's always changing and growing and, and developing. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. Overall, again, like delivery or the my C my C section and everything, recovery was was decently uneventful. Yeah. It was like took me probably a week to stop being in a lot of pain mm-hmm. but like we got there yeah and like no complications or anything it really in hindsight like I don't think about the I don't think about it being super painful or super scary or anything like yeah, that yeah. which I think is how people have more babies because yeah, they forget right. <laughs> right well that's it's when there's so many so back to this idea of these experiences when there's so many experiences like they change all the time and every day is a little bit different and and you're learning like so much so fast that like you try and capture it. You try and capture the the memories of what it was like before and you try and preserve, you know, that first week and the second week and the third week and whatever. But the immediacy, you're not staying in any phase at this point long enough really to like for it to sink in too deep. Yeah. Right. It's immediately kind of replaced by the next thing, which is bittersweet for yeah. sure. Cause there's a, there's a helpful part to not remembering how hard some of it is because the learning curve is just so like it's just rough yeah there's there's something healthy that does i think probably contribute to people being doing, able to have more again. kids and yeah. doing it again yeah but then there's also yeah the the you, know, you try and capture little moments of of sweetness when they when they come and and figure out a way to you know file those away somewhere we've taken lots of pictures which yeah, has been really sure. really cool um because I feel like we've taken so many that I feel like I can re like it was a blur almost immediately after mm-hmm. it was over. And so being able to look back and see the photos that you took mm-hmm. while I was on the operating table, like, it, I mean, they're just so, so special. So people have been asking how we came up with their names. And I yeah. don't know if we've like said, I mean, I think we, I posted them on Instagram a while ago, but how did we come up with their names and pick which one was which? Because everyone was asking about that. Like, how do you decide? And we had no idea. Yeah. We obviously, like everyone, I think, have been talking about names for uh, since we knew we were having babies. We didn't have any any names picked out before, really. Oh, that's not true. We did. We did. Steph's grandma, maternal grandmother, um, her name was Anne, and we decided a while ago 
that if when we had a daughter that she would be named after her, that she would be Annie. And so that one we knew. The cool thing about that grandmother is, I mean, she was sort of like my third parent. Like Mm -hmm. she was just so, we were so close and I looked up to her in so many ways. She was so full of life and silly and like present. And she was the kind of person who would like tell you that you should have ice cream after Every meal or yeah, that right. was like the the last one on the dance floor at the wedding or she would always go swimming in the rain when we'd be at, yeah. at this lake and like it's raining. Okay, let's go swimming. Yeah. Just that kind of person. And um, just a real, really incredible, really incredible woman um, in so many ways. And she also happened to be an identical twin. So I got sort of a bonus grandmother in her twin sister. And so I, I spent my whole life knowing them. Um, and so before we even had any idea that we would have, a, have um, twins, we decided that yeah, our, our daughter would be named after my grandmother. And so we got to tell her that before uh, before we lost her, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish she could have met Annie. But so we knew we, knew we wanted to name a daughter Annie. Um, but then we had to figure out everything else. Yeah. And Middle names and the other one's name. And how do you balance that? Like, obviously, this one name is so special. What do we do? You know, how do we come up with something equally special or meaningful? And I think that we, one of the things we try to do, and it's been kind of in thinking about and trying to prepare to be not just parents, but twin parents, is to constantly have that, like, reminder in your head that they are different people, that they're unique and that their experiences are unique and that they are, they're going, they're, they're genetically exactly the same but that still to like not compare them and to not, you know, to let them be their own people. And so to me, that's one of the things about naming is that it's okay to, to take a different approach. You know, it's okay to think about it differently and go, okay, well, this is how we named her, but like this can be so different. They don't have to be always, we don't have to use the same methodology in the way that we think about them both. And so, with Quinn, we just, we had other names in mind that we kind of thought it was going to be the whole time. And then toward the end of the pregnancy, we just kind of started thinking about it. And the name came up somehow. We looked at every list of names you could find and like, okay, we can get rid of most of oh, these. Yeah, and, like, found out like, yeah, oh, that person, no, third grade, eight blue. Like, yeah, yeah, right. We didn't like that. And so all of the, the things, um, connotations of, of names and, and like, oh, this makes me think of this. And like, ah, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that was like really pivotal to me is that I would think about one, what I would like, I would imagine myself in the future, like talking to them or talking about them and trying to like call, you know, call up the stairs at them to come to dinner. And what would I, what would I say? What am I like? What, what, what would it be? Um, but then I kind of stumbled upon this phrase of like the adventures of Annie and Quinn and that like, we want them to be people who are curious. We want them to be kids who explore and have like a zest for life and adventure and, and discovery. And so the idea that these little adventurers are characters in this, this narrative and that that's just kind of was one of those moments uh to me that was like okay we should keep we should hold on to this one and see if this name sticks yeah and that just popped in your head just the idea of the adventures of annie and quinn yeah i we also like quinn because quinn means wise Mm -hmm. and i feel like 
why is this something that we just would love for our kids to be? When, yeah. You know, we want them to be lots of things and also exactly right. who they are and not who they're not. And, you know, but, but why is yeah. we really liked that? And I think really strongly, the more we kind of got into it in the idea that like we have this responsibility as parents of not just their given names, um, but the words that you speak into the lives of, of all you know, people that you have a relationship with and the closer the relationship, the more the power you have is, but um, specifically about your ability as a parent to name things, or I guess the Christian term would be like to call things out in your kids. And it's hard to do that before you know them. So then we had to figure out middle names. Right. Well, I think we kind of had middle names before, but what we went with was um, May, which is my maiden name and not mm-hmm. my middle name. And uh, we really loved that because my, you know, that's my dad, that's where it comes from. And he's incredible. And um, my sister and me, and, you know, we, we've all kept this name and and that Mm -hmm. feels really just like an important, um, important name to, to all of us and an important tie to our family. Mm -hmm. Um, and so Quinn and I have the same middle name. She's Quinn May. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Annie is Annie Slayton, which is your middle name and your, Great, you know, great, great grand, grandma. my great grandfather's last name. Well, my grandma's maiden name. Yeah, um, and so they gave me that as my middle name. She was an only, my grandma was an only child, and so they wanted to pass that name along because my grandfather, my great grandfather, um, was just a really cool, remarkable, creative, funny human, and a really cool person, and they wanted to preserve that wanted to preserve the memory of that and to honor that and um i it's been something that i am really grateful for personally to have to to carry that and wanted to make sure that it got continued and so she is annie sladen love that so we have annie sladen wilson and quinn may wilson yeah and they don't have like solid nicknames yet because we call them something new every minute, I feel like. No, it's all the time. It's all the time. It's so fun. Yeah. So uh, someone asked, uh, let's see. Well, how do we decide who is who? That was really, that kind was of, really hard. Kind of a coin flip. When they yeah. were in the, when we would go and do the ultrasounds, there was one on the left and one on the right pretty much always. And they would be A and, and B. So one, the one on the right was always A and the one on the left was always B. And we asked our doctor before we went into the C-section to keep track of, of if the, the one they took out first was the one on the left or the one on the right. And um, so it was the one on the left. So the first one that, that came out was that was B in the womb, but the first one out in the hospital is A. And so we had to try and keep track of that. <laughs> um, but then they had these little hats on. One was A and one was one was B. And then we went back and forth of like, which one do you think is Annie? Which one do you think is Quinn? And and how do we decide? And it wasn't as arbitrary as this, but at the end of the day, like we just kind of had to make a decision. And it factored into the decision was that it was just a lot easier for the one with A on her hat all the time to be Annie. <laughs> Like, truly. Like, I don't really have a personality yet, and you don't really know anything, and so you just kind of go, well, I think you're a little bit like this, and also... Like, what's a nanny like? What's a, a Quinn like? Yeah, what know. is a Quinn yeah. like? Yeah. yeah. So that was, that wasn't the whole decision, but that was a good part of it. Yeah. It's like, it would have been really confusing to be like, well, she was B in the womb, but then A out, but then it's Quinn. It's like, ah, let's just try and... Simplify a little. Yeah. 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 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done, and that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies, and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. 
Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use this directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Someone asked how long it took us to be able to tell them apart and how we tell them apart. Oh, there's little things. Um, I mean, it was, it took us, well, first of all, they, the doctors were awesome and put hats on them that they had in Sharpie A and B written giant. Right, exactly. They also had hospital bracelets that we kept on for three weeks. A, a while, month. yeah. yeah that they said, had their name on it. And, and had A and B written yeah, on it. And, and yeah. stuff like that. We we right away, or pretty quickly when they got home, painted their toenails. Just one because they, they were, were so small. <laughs> yeah. We had to like get a little Q-tip out and, and paint their toenails. And so Annie had white toenails and Quinn had red toenails. Um, just in case we, you know, once we took the bracelet off, we couldn't tell them apart. We would do that. And then now there's little things about them and, and you kind of learn, you know, little pieces and, and it will change over time. Right now, uh, Quinn has more of an any belly button and Annie has an Audi. <laughs> Annie has more hair right now. Annie's a little bigger than Quinn. Annie's right now. about a half pound bigger than Quinn at the moment. Quinn has a little birthmark kind of on her on her left eyelid. And so there's just a tiny red spot. Yeah. yeah, there's just like little things that you kind of pick up on. But still sometimes, you know, late at night, we we one has, you know, Annie sleeps on the left and Quinn sleeps on the right and stuff like that. And so you like you just develop these habits to to keep track of them. But still, sometimes in the middle of the night, you're like, which one did I change? Like, whose diaper was that? Or like, how much did, was that, who was that? And it's just part of the adventure. Yeah. And because we're passing them back and forth so much. Like, right. Yeah. It's like you, who you start the night with is not who you end the night with. It's crazy. Yeah. So someone asked what the best part of the last two months has been. And what the hardest part has been. Yeah. And um, are the first few weeks as crazy as everyone says? And where do you want to start with that? Yes. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. Right. And the kind of person where I don't want to know what's coming before it happens. Like, sure. because I, I, like, can I get in my head and, it, you know, everyone says, like, marriage is so hard. So all of a sudden, you know, you're engaged and you're dreading marriage. Yeah. And, like, that's not helpful. The way I, that you start to, like, manifest those things into your life out of anticipation yeah you're like yeah. well it maybe it wouldn't have been as hard but like i everyone told me it was and so i expected it and yes. whatever and so i just kind of want to like experience it and decide how hard i think it is and so mm. um if you're one of those people like take this with a grain of salt it's different for everybody it really is it some people really love different it, 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 people had different responses to different stages some people really love one stage and and really dislike it's it's okay i think as a parent to be uncomfortable or or not a big fan of the stage your kid is currently in. Yeah. It's more common later on in like teenage years to be like, that's eh, not so great. Yeah. But even when they're even when they're so little, yeah, right. Even when they're so little, they like you said they they change and, and they're going through little different, you know, spurts of development that they're like, man, this one's kind of hard for me. You know, where they are right now, I have a hard time, you know, I have a hard time with or whatever. And that's just being honest about it. But but I think that's real. And one of those it's seems to be pretty hard is is the you know right around for us was more about that six weeks six yeah. week point yeah um about a month and a half um they just seem to be really extra irritable ir- yeah fussy and like just hard to hard yeah. to calm down and i think that i'll say this is the hardest thing i've ever done ever totally and it's i can't even totally explain 
why anymore because again, it's like there's something new every day. And so it's kind of hard to hold on to it. But I think part of it is that, that I didn't realize, and I feel like every mom needs just a really big hug because you go through something that's like crazy on your body. Like you go through a year of almost a year of like growing humans in your body. And then you either have a major surgery or like not surgery, but like maybe even more major of like actually delivering this baby into the world. And then immediately you have to take care of it. And that was so crazy to me because like, wait a minute, where is the minute where like I get to be taken care of? I just had a major surgery and I have to like be on now and I don't get to sleep. Like it it just, it felt so like almost unfair, which is, or like cruel kind of, which, and so every mom, like you deserve a trophy because it just was really hard to go through something so hard and then not to get a minute afterwards and then the other thing is like i'm a big sleeper i love sleep (laughs) and i knew that sleep deprivation was going to be really hard i don't think i knew quite how hard it was going to feel because it's hard to like proactively feel something like it's hard to anticipate how it's actually going to feel before you're there and i think that that it's not that like changing diapers is hard it's not that um you know the logistics as much are as hard it's just that you're so lacking in being able to take care of your own basic needs Mm -hmm. that everything else feels so much bigger and so much harder um and i think another thing that was kind of that added to the hardness of it for us was the girls were pretty big for twins when like when they were born but they feeding them has been really pretty tricky because they are still pretty small. Like they mm-hmm. still were born a little bit early and twins are naturally a little bit smaller. And so making sure that they gain enough weight has been a really big yeah. deal. And then they also have some reflux. So they spit up a lot. And so making sure that they are, so it makes that, that makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. And so trying to make sure that they're getting enough food, but not too yeah. much Feeding, like the feeding them has been has been really pretty complicated yeah. and caused us a lot of anxiety. I would say, and the the specifics of what it is for different people in in different you know situations will will change. I think again, you only respond really to what your situation is. the The bigger thing to me, kind of the the bigger umbrella over over it, is that there are there's no shortage of of opinions or you know, quote unquote resources or guides or people to, to tell you the way that you should do something or, or the way that your baby should be or what's right and what's wrong or what's healthy or what's not or what has this impact on their development or, or your family dynamic or all these things, all these factors and you and they could be completely contradictory, right? They could, one person could say one thing and another, you could read another blog and, and, or another, you know, talk to a different doctor or talk to a different, talk to a, you know, different nurse and they'll tell you something different. And so trying to piece that together, trying to kind of wade through the sea of often conflicting information has been difficult and stressful. And that exists in, in other parts of, of life as well it takes on a different, it it develops an edge when there, you feel the pressure of like a life being at stake, you know, like of, of I'm supposed to take care of this and I don't know how I don't like, it's not. Yeah. That this thing is totally dependent on me and I'm not sure. And in the moment we've gotten some perspective and learned that 
uh, the babies are resilient and it, the consequences aren't typically as bad as you imagine them to be. Um, but very much in the moment, especially the middle of the night, you, it's easy to let those kinds of decisions really swell. Yeah. I think the first month I felt so out of my element. And that was another thing that was really interesting and tricky was that Carl like walked out of the hospital like an incredible dad. I don't know how it happened. You knew exactly how to do things. You like were a diaper change, diaper changing genius. Like, I mean, you just knew how to hold them right and knew how to take care of them right. It felt like, it felt like you got them, you got the mom download and I didn't. Um, and that like was a little bit tricky. And also I was so tired and like depleted from what I just gone through that I feel like I sort of slept walk through the first month. And so when it came to making big decisions, I didn't totally know how to like, or when it came to making decisions, I didn't really know how to add value. Like I couldn't even think about having an opinion about something because my brain wasn't functioning like quick enough to, I didn't know enough to even form an opinion and I was too tired to even try, you know? And so it just was, I'm really in the moment. I think I like, it caused some insecurity in me to be like, wow, he's really good at this. And he's taking to this like a fish to water. And I'm like all thumbs over here. But I'm really glad that you did because otherwise, like if you if you had been looking to me to be like, what do we do? Yeah, I <laughs> I'm glad someone was yeah. at least quicker making it up on the fly. Yeah, there's I think a lot of like God in that of like I don't know help helping you adapt to what the situation needs. And the other thing I think that is I know one of these universal things is that there are just sometimes points in life where you just say, I'm just going to get through today. Like, I'm just going to do, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know where the energy is going to come from. I don't know where the strength is going to come from. I don't know where the, you know, decision-making ability is going to come from or whatever, but I'll figure that out tomorrow and let today be about today. And that is, there's some spiritual discipline in that, I think, of of learning to live incredibly presently um, that we've tried to, to see in this process because it's just the best you can do. Yeah. The thing that I think we discovered sort of in the second month was um, that's when we, I feel like I like woke up and then we started trying to make plans for everything. And we, throughout this whole thing, have had so much help, which has been so life-saving for all of us. Um, Carl's family was here. We, because, you know, we're, we're in COVID and, and being around people is really tricky. We had our whole family co- really come together and quarantine together, quarantine and get tested and do all the, all of the things they needed to do in order to be able to create a little bubble with us. Mm-hmm. And so Carl's family was the first month and it just worked out that his, both of his siblings, our sister-in-law, his parents, everyone was able to be around and like truly bubble with us so they could be with us safely, which was awesome. Um, your mom, literally lived with us for the first month um we thought she was going to for like the first week and then we were like just seriously please don't leave (laughs) um and then at the end of that month my family came and my family drove from colorado to to make sure that they were able to get here safely without getting sick and without getting the girls sick and so my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law were all here for a month and then my parents left 
um, about a week and a half ago, and my sister and my brother-in-law were able to and decided to stay. And yeah. so they're here until, you know, a couple of days from now. And so we will have had people with us for 10 yeah. weeks, which is really, really awesome. Yeah. And I totally can't remember why I started saying that. I can't remember my point. This is, is, right there, is there a question in there? No. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that one of the things that's been challenging, it's, it's amazing. We could not have done it without help, without other people because there are two of them yeah. um and it's just yeah we've had to ask for a lot of grace because we that's what i was gonna say are are they would be like okay what do we do I'm like i don't know i don't know what we're we're trying to figure this out also and we're we're walking through it the same time and maybe we tried something Three hours ago, the last time we fed them, that seemed to work. Like, let's try that and see if that works again. And you're like very much blind leading the blind in this. And it's been such a team builder, not just for our small family now of, of us and the girls, but also of our parents and, and brothers and sisters and, and, and everyone to learn this together. Yeah, that's thank you. See, guys, this is how much this is how much sleep we haven't gotten. Like, so the second month, my parents cycled in. The first month, I was like sleepwalking and grateful that everyone else was around and just showing up and doing yeah. the best. But the second month, it's like I feel like I kind of snapped out of it, and all of a sudden, we started googling things. and And so I feel my poor family. Every morning, we would wake up or we'd come off of a sleepless night having googled too much, and they'd be like, "Okay, so what's the change for today?" And we're like, "Okay, so I read this article, and like oh, you know, we'd send them YouTube videos." And Which, we'd and like yeah. you know adjust the angle of the bottle and right, like I right, mean just right. everything and my my parents were just so kind to to like n- like nod and smile in a genuine way while I think in the back of their heads going they'll grow out of this meaning us like yeah not they're, the they're kids like super, they're not even yeah the yeah, girls are fine we us. were you know but that's yeah I anxious think, messes trying to get everything just perfect and googling too much and yeah well, that was one of the first so. things our pediatrician said like the, I think the first time we met her in the hospital was don't google stuff and that that's probably good advice you know for most of of life is seek out an opinion that you trust that you know and have a relationship instead of you know some random Website. quote unquote authority yeah. on, on the internet. But we, um, we didn't listen but to it, at four in the morning, you're just kind of looking for whatever voice you can find, uh, whoever, whatever sage, you know, YouTube guru has a trick for how to get your kid to not be gassy. Like, well, I don't, okay, <laughs> cool. What do you got? Um, and so, yeah, it, it would change. We tweak things and learn and, and, but I think that's just part of it as part of in the same way that, that they're learning how to be babies and, and learning how to be kids. We're learning how to be parents and learning how to be kids of parents who also have kids. Like, I, it's just yeah. that I, I don't want like it's so much about relationships and the evolution of relationships. And for us right now, it's, it's a lot at, at all at once. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of relationships, someone asked how our relationships have changed since the girls were born with each other and with God and with ourselves. Yeah. And one of the specific questions was, like, how have you been, like, making time for your daily quiet times sure. since the sure. girls were born? Sure. And I feel, and there were a couple of questions of, like, how are you making time for X, Y, Z or whatever? Yeah. And I feel like just blanket statement, we're not. 
<laughs> well, there's there's the there's a lot of when you don't sleep very much, you have a lot of awake time. And so you find things to fill that time. Also, there are very human moments in the middle of the night where you it's not a like cute let me sit down and do a devotion quiet time. It's more of a God help now <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah. thing of like, yeah. give me patience, give me energy. Please like, don't let me fall asleep while holding this baby. Yeah, yeah, whatever the thing is, like you, you learn uh, it just for a little while at least the relationship becomes what it needs to be in this moment. And God is big enough for that. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's not, I would think about this a lot when we first got married that I felt like my life got really out of balance when we first got married Yeah, because all of a sudden, like my time with God looked a little different because I had moved and started a new job and lived with you all of a sudden. And like, same yeah. with like exercise, like when do I, you know, just like, what does this look like? And I felt like my life got pretty out of balance there for for a little while, and it took me a while to figure out how to do those things again and how to have those parts of my life be like new and also bring back the good from the how they used to be and things like that. And that's how I feel right now is I feel like yeah. our lives are totally out of balance in the fact that like every weird like there isn't there's not devotional time like in the middle of the night if we can keep our eyes open like you know i've been listening you've been doing to a little bit yeah I'm you've doing been doing a little stuff, bit but and we listen not- to audiobooks or we do, i'm also learning brush up on my spanish and stuff <laughs> like that so like there's there's moments of of things but it's at least for at least for us with twins it's just a lot more time devoted to them yeah. and to to them being the primary and secondary and probably tertiary focus of of our days and nights. Yeah. Because it just so, takes so yeah. long to take care of them. Yeah. And so everything, like, we have really at this point, like, an hour in between when we yeah. feed them and when they go down for a nap and then when we have to start yeah. feeding them again, we have an hour. Yeah. And in that time, we have to, like, wash all the laundry we just, you know, yeah. got dirty. Or, like, you, there are just so many... There's so many things that need to get done in such a really small amount of time yeah. that, w- like, just to be totally honest, like, I'm I'm not even curling the front pieces of my hair <laughs> ever, you know? Like, Me that either. Was, that was one photo. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, we're not, we haven't had a date. We haven't had, right. and even if we did have, a, you know, whenever anyone has the girls, yeah. we are immediately in bed completely passed out. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I, I do, from, from, you know, what I understand for, for, when people just have one baby, it's a little more, it's, it's not the same, you know, always experience. And there's things that are hard and things that are easy and, and, you know, there's trade-offs to, to all of it and everyone's experience is everyone's experience. But, um, that to me, it has very much been that, that, okay, one day, take it one day at a time and let's just figure out what, you know, how we prioritize what today needs today. The good news is that we are starting to come out of that a little bit, that kind of day to day fog. Um, and we really are, you know, we're starting to establish routines and and things like that. And things are starting to get a little bit more normal and and predictable, mostly because the, the girls are, are getting bigger and Mm -hmm. and getting older and they're getting into this new phase of, of 
life for them. And so that will evolve and, and what, what life looks like for all of us, um, the four of us evolves, you know, when, and as they're, they're ready to, to move on to the next thing. And so that's, that's very much a part of this is, is being present in where we are today and what they need today. We're also trying to do the work to, to have some vision for, for where, what the next step is and, and do whatever we can to set ourselves up for that thing, knowing that that is another, another piece of, of this process. And so the next thing will be slightly more intentional and slightly more, you know, figured out and in that kind of thing. But, um, it's, but so far it's been a lot of flying by the seat of our pants. So I don't know if anyone, if there are any other like new parents listening who are thinking like, how have Steph and Carl had time for date nights? Like we, uh, we have, no, it's, there's, it's, it's like, it's harder to be forward thinking, right. Or to plan out the moment and to go, okay, tonight is going to be date night. But when you're in there in the middle of it, if you're, if you ha- can stop for a second and, and evaluate the moment, and say, you know what, we didn't plan on it being this, but I think this is a date night, <laughs> right? Like we didn't plan on it being this being a devotional time with the Lord, but this is a spiritual moment. Mm, I like that a lot. Right? Like we didn't, so we, one of the things is we, at night we sleep in this same room as, as the girls and they're in their little bassinets and we're, you know, usually on this pullout couch because it's just the, the setup that works best for us right now. And, and like slumber party time where that's like, that's this family building moment that we didn't necessarily set out to, to like, we're going to do a family builder tonight. But like when you stop and you look around and you think like, what is this? What is happening right now? You see these things just happen around you and you get an appreciation for what is happening in the moment. And on some level, what, God is doing around you. Like there is a, there is a spiritual element to not being able to plan the spiritual moments of your life. Mm. And that's the thing I try to appreciate about what is happening right now is that you, that's cool about the wild card. That is this thing being a human is that like they more and more every day, every moment are a participant in it. And so they become sources of spiritual moments, not just a source of like, of need. Yeah. That they start to, in in little ways, give. And that's really cool. That's really encouraging. That's really exciting. Of like, it's just a little hint of a smile or it's a, the satisfaction that you get of seeing them just peaceful and calm and asleep. And, and that kind of thing of like sitting here in the dark at 4 a.m. rocking this kid. That's this is a spiritual moment. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. I think that when I've gotten into different seasons of life, I'm always scared that I'm going to lose something that I had the last season. Yeah, And I definitely felt that the, you know, the first the first 10 days or so or two weeks or so people talk about like baby blues mm. um, and you have just this flood of hormones and then a crash of hormones and all these things and like I majorly experienced that yeah. for the first week I cried almost constantly because everything was so beautiful and then the second week I cried because everything just felt really sad Yeah. Um, and 
And I think that one of the things I always fear in in new seasons is like, maybe God won't be with me in this one, Hmm. or maybe our relationship will be, maybe everything that was good about it will be lost. Um, And I just, it's just something that I have to kind of reckon with this fear in, in different seasons as they change. But what I've gotten to see about God is that like the things, the foundation that you've built comes with you. Like he's still there. The same God that was with you in the last season is with you in this season. And and sometimes it does feel like you have this rebuilding, but I feel like it's like building another story onto the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not taking it down to the ground. And so you're still building something new and you don't know what it looks like. And it looks a little different and it's like decorated differently, right. but it's still there and the foundation is still there. Um, and so I feel like my relationship with God is, is different than it's been yeah. before. And right now it feels like it's not, it's, it's quality. It's not quantity. But it's different. It's growing. It's it's adapting. Yeah. And same with our relationship with each other. Like we have the whole foundation of who we've always been and all the growth and all the love and all the memories and everything that yeah. we've built together. But like we're we're building a new story on top of what we've built so far. Yeah. And that's it's we don't know what it looks like yet. And same with like my relationship with myself. I don't know who I I know who I've been. Yeah. I don't know who I am as a mom yet. And that's on top of everything else I am, but like, I still have moments where I feel kind of lost and like unsure of myself. Yeah. It's because this whole thing is, is new. And so, yeah. but I'm, I am really glad that you mentioned the the couch thing because uh, we still have our Christmas tree up as we're recording this. Right. I took all the ornaments off. So now it's just a winter tree. Yeah. Uh, but sleeping under this Christmas tree with the girls, we have them right by our heads so we can sort of shush them without getting out of bed if we can, yeah. if that's possible. Um, we have them in the little bassinets near us. And then, yeah, we've been sleeping on a pullout couch for the last couple months because we decided it was just a little too tough to like get in bed and act like you're going to stay like like yeah, get ready for bed yeah right and then get out like 10 minutes later yeah uh, so anyway so now we sleep on a pot couch be a little less comfortable yeah so anyway but it's been like this really special thing we have this family yeah. sleep on un- sleepover under the christmas tree and and yeah. i think that that's like in those little moments in the middle of the night like we're becoming a family and that's really cool yeah i think i when we were, when I was in Uganda, I would go on runs. I'm not a big runner, but one of the people I was there with, Katie, really loved to run. And usually her husband, Billy, would go on, on runs with her, but he kind of hurt his ankle, I think, and, and couldn't go. So I said I would, I would go with Katie. And so we would go on runs together down the dirt roads in, in Uganda. And when you do that and you're, it's the only time I've really had like a running buddy. So that's why I bring it up. When you're doing that and you're running with somebody, you like at the beginning or kind of at moments throughout, like you may try and talk and you may try and like have a conversation. But at some point, like you're running and you're getting tired and you're breathing kind of hard and like talking is hard and it, it's not what you're there to do. Like I'm doing this thing and we're running and we're, we're running together. And so we're just going to run together and we don't need to talk. And if you were just looking down at your feet and focused only on the immediacy of the activity, then you would feel alone and isolated and like there was no one there with you. But when you pick your head up and you look around and you see where you are and what you're doing and and who you're doing it with, the fact that you're not talking is so secondary because you're doing this thing together, right? You're, you're, the thing that you're doing is a, this this beautiful 
shared experience in, in this really cool circumstance. And so I think that, that, that as a, as a picture for me of like, we're running right now and we're out on this jog and someday we'll stop, then we'll take a break and we'll rest and, and we'll get water and, and all that kind of stuff. But right now we're running together. And so there may be moments when something comes up and you kind of point and say, Hey, look at that or whatever. And, and that's enough talking for that, for that piece of the, the jog or whatever. But a lot of the time it just kind of like, it's okay to just be running together and not have to fill the purity of that activity with conversation for the sake of, of conversation. So I think that's kind of how I think about our relationship, but also how I think about where we are with God right now too, is, is just like, God is fine running with us, I think, and, and, and just being like enjoying the activity of, of the moment together. That's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> There's, um, I heard this thing, I need to look up what company it was, but it's someone like Patagonia or something, or they yeah, make like right. really cool outdoor hammocks or something like that. And they talk about the difference between type one fun and type two fun. Yeah. And type one fun is like going out to dinner, having a, you know, cocktail on a patio and sure. laughing with your friends and then going home early and getting a really good night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Like that's, that's a really good night. Yeah, that's, that's type great. one that's fun. Great. It's, and it's enjoyable in the moment. I remember like, that a little bit. Yeah. When, at some point we did that in our lives. I think maybe it was a dream, but then type two fun is like where something challenges you, where it's a little bit uncomfortable in the moment and it's kind of hard and maybe it doesn't feel fun or enjoyable in the moment, but those are the things that like really stick out to you yeah. as really amazing things in hindsight. Like it's like the difference between staying in a hotel and camping, like right, camping right, right. is obviously way less comfortable sleeping on the ground, whatever. Yeah. Um, but something about it, like connects you to the other people and challenges you yeah. and teaches you something. And so you walk away remembering that camping trip far more than you remember whatever happened in that hotel room. Yeah. And, and I, you know, in this season of our lives, we're having way less type one fun yeah. where we're just like really comfy and yeah. like, you know, cushy. And I think that that's like in our relationship too, we're having way less like, I mean, we can't really go on dates anyway right now yeah. to anywhere in particular. It's less type one relationship. It's, yeah. It's less type one relationship and way more type two where it's like a little more uncomfortable, we're, but we're uncomfortable together. Yeah, right. And I know that like, while some moments are really, really hard and some moments are really, really funny or really, really sweet or really, really cute. Like, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of things, but it's definitely pretty uncomfortable right now. Yeah. I know that when we look back on this, we'll remember this season so much more fondly than we will, you know, a date at a nice restaurant. Yeah, the uneventful moment of the summer two years ago. Like, yeah. Why? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, there are so many questions that we didn't get to about like how we're feeding the girls and are they yeah. on a schedule? Like what does breastfeeding look like? <laughs> and what is, um, or just all kinds of things. And, and, you know, we haven't really talked about parenting very much on the podcast because we haven't been parents. And, yeah. um, as, as you now know, we have no advice, like absolutely yeah, none. Very minimal qualifications um, of any kind. But I do know that, you know, this is, this is something that has impacted all of my relationships. Right. Um, and then this is this new relationship that I have with these girls that we get to teach about what it looks like to be a woman and a woman of God and what it looks like to, you know, yeah. have girls' nights, like what girls' night looks like for them. And yeah. um, they get to live their whole lives in a constant girls' night with being twins. And it's so cool. So I don't want you guys to think, you know, if anyone's listening and being like, 
is this going to be like all of a sudden a parenting podcast or something? I promise you it's not. We're here to talk about relationships, but I know that this is, you know, something that I'm exploring and very new at in my life and something I know that is the case for a lot of you guys too. And so um, every once in a while, we'll talk about kind of how things are going and um, what we're learning and, you know, what this journey looks like for us as we're on this portion of it. Um, But at least right now, like, it's messy. We're messy. I'm really messy right now, but it's really sweet and it's really good. And I know that while this feels brutally hard in some moments, not so hard in other moments, I know that I'll like, we'll look back and, and this will be like really one of the sweetest seasons of our entire lives, which, and bringing it back to what you said at the beginning about how we all are in some sort of, you know, shakeup, you know, it happens for all kinds of reasons. Like moving to a new city is brutally hard. Mm-hmm. Starting a new job, you feel like a total idiot. Yep. All thumbs. That's how I felt when the girls were born. I'm like, I feel like I started a new job that I'm totally unqualified for. And totally. no one gave me a training manual. Totally. You know, any kind of shakeup, getting married, getting, you know, out of a relationship. Yep. Every, all those things are really challenging. And I think sometimes in the moment, it feels like you're just surviving But once you get through it a little bit, you can see what God was doing the whole time and how he grew you. And Uh and then sometimes if you're really paying attention, you get to see moments of it like happening in progress in real time. Do you have anything else to share? No. We're going to have to do, we'll do more episodes. And I'm, I'm really trying to collect all the things I'm learning and all the, you know, as we learn something or as... Um, one thing that was really hard was putting together our registry. Like we had no idea what babies need at all. Yeah. Um, and so I know that there are, um, I've already gotten messages from from moms, whether they're about to be twin moms or about to have um, a single baby or just yeah. whatever, being like, what did you do for be- like cribs or something like that? I'm going to put together just a master yeah. resource of everything that we've found because sometimes it's nice to just like my friends have been so helpful for me in being like, "Hey, this is a diaper bag I got. It's a really good one. Just right. go with yeah, this one." Yeah, yeah. And so that's um, uh, that would be the thing. I think that's that's if there's any advice that we are seeking out, it's we're we're pretty good at caring about the things that are that you need to care about. But it's really important to have someone say, "This isn't. You don't need to care about this thing." And you take all that with a grain of salt. But really, for someone to say, "I stressed out over this." Or a lot of people stress out about this. Don't worry about what brand of diapers you use. Like, yeah. just pick some diapers and yeah. they all collect poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, my friends have been really great for me in that. Just being like, hey, stop searching for a chair for your nursery. This one rocks and it's this like good. cheap. It's yep. good. Yeah. I have one. Just it. get it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm going to make a list of everything we found in case it's helpful for anyone else and takes one thing off of your plate. Totally. Let us, let us do all that research and stress out unnecessarily for you. hundred <laughs> percent. We'll pass it on. Um, you guys, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting us be messy and process. And, mm-hmm. um, I know we got to like half the questions that you guys sent in, but we'll do this again, but this is, this is where we are as of today, which is, Not I don't sure. We don't know what day it is. is. Yeah. But they're nine and a half weeks old. So yeah, we don't know what day it is, but this is where we are as of, Wednesday. is it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we love you. Thank you for being here. And Carl, as always, thank you for being the only Thanks man invited me. to girls night. Thanks for letting me. 
guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am so happy that I got to share this conversation with you. Now that's all we have for today, but I am so excited because season 11 is launching next week, first thing Monday morning. And we have some amazing guests and conversations lined up. So get ready, mark your calendars, and I will see you guys next week.